Yes, sir. Here we are on a Wednesday edition of Steelman and Thune here in the Brown O'Haver Studios. Hope your Wednesday's going along well so far. We got a lot of things to talk about today. We got you, you have to complain today, right, about the college football playoff rankings, right? You've got to complain. TCU is under <laughs> rated. TCU. You know what? TCU's not running the table anyway. Don't Steely. worry about TCU. Steely. It ain't happening for TCU. Please tell me I'm not the only one that just could not be bothered to care about the first college football playoff rankings. Because I didn't watch the show last night. I didn't check things out in the aftermath. The only reason I knew TCU was ranked number seven was because everybody was complaining about it on social media. And Joel, Joel Klatt was the guy. Wasn't wasn't Oklahoma number eight last year in the first? They college were. Football they were number eight despite being undefeated, of course. And that may have been too high for Oklahoma, by the way. Uh, but no, it's uh, look. We're gonna we're gonna break it down. I'm more interested in what these teams have left on the schedule and who's gonna wind up in the playoff. But uh, good for Josh Heupel, Tennessee number one uh, last night. Ohio State two, Georgia three, Clemson four again, Michigan five, Alabama six, and TCU number seven. I uh, I was laughing because I went online to get the remaining schedules for the top ten. Teams that were, uh, you know, rated 1 through 10 last night, see who has the toughest road. And I pretty much knew who was on the schedule, but I wanted to make absolutely certain who was on the schedule for all these uh, contenders down the stretch. So I have that. But on the uh, homepage for ESPN, it was like the shot of what, you know, you're supposed to do if you're in this business and the college football playoff rankings comes out. I think it said, like, Mad Dog is upset that Michigan's behind Clemson. And there's, like, this photo of, you know, Mad Dog, you know, screaming into the camera. And it's like, that is why I don't watch the college football playoff rankings. I just wait to see them come out the next day. Now, look, if the Sooners are in it and you feel like Oklahoma is going to be one of the top, you know, five, six teams coming out. Yeah, absolutely. Or Oklahoma State, but not last night. So I decided to go this route today, by the way. And thank you, Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, for sponsoring our first hour here on The Ref. Um, We appreciate that. And Timmy Lasher was in yesterday and a great conversation with him. Great guy, great company. Uh, You can call them up if you have any heating and air needs, 405-579-3100. 113 Lasher Home Comfort Systems. So I thought, why don't we start uh, in the world of recruiting? I know that we started recruiting a lot. I know that you and uh, Tyler on Locked In started in the world of recruiting. It's basically a recruiting hour pretty much with you guys at 2 o'clock. But I wanted to see how you and I, how our minds match up, all right? Okay. Now, you got a young, impressionable, but somewhat brilliant mind. Hey, certainly listen. a more functional brain than I have. Like I said, mine does. mine's on dial-up internet a lot of the time, man. It's like logging into AOL. Hey, listen, we were on the same page with Eric Gray yesterday. We were. As far yeah, as we were. the Sooners' most outstanding player thus far. All right, so I'm going to give you my top five storylines. I'll go in inverse order, five through one, five and one. then you can you know, tell me how they match up with yours. All right, so number five for me is pretty simple. Will Oklahoma close strong and finish with a top three recruiting class? That is number five for me. Number five. Number four on the list for me, who will be the Sooners' next interior defensive lineman commit? Losing out on David Hicks, losing out on Caden McDonald. Who will the Sooners' next interior defensive lineman commit be? That is number four on my list. Number three, probably unrealistic, but I think the name is so big, I'm going to throw it out there. Number three for me, 
Can Oklahoma make another run at DJ Hicks down the stretch? Number three for me. Number two for me. Will Colton Vosick stay committed to Oklahoma? And number one for me, ladies and gentlemen, Parker's not going to like it because he's had to answer this question so many times. Will Peyton Bowen flip to Oklahoma? That would be the Sooners' third five-star commit, along with Jackson Arnold and P.J. Atabare. And if somehow, miraculously, they could get back in the sweepstakes for David Hicks, I know there's still conversations there between Oklahoma and the Hicks family. And if somehow they could pull off that Grand Slam home run and you got Peyton Bowen, then you get four five-stars, and then you solidify yourself as the number two uh class in the country and there's some dj hicks news out yeah hey by the way per shane the train in newcastle on the air comfort solutions text line my guys hicks to ou so there you go as first reported by shane in newcastle yeah well he's gonna DJ visit hicks is flipping he's gonna he is going to visit ou for bedlam is that correct that's the report out today uh, that is the report that's out and there. that's that you've always said if it's going to get serious mm-hmm. that david hicks has to visit ou Bedlam week. Again. And now that is happening, and that's really good news. So maybe I should put that up to number one now that that's been reported. Yeah, well, and that's out there. Again, here's what I, I want to say before. Where did I hit? Where did I miss, by the way? Yeah. So on the DJ Hicks thing, I just want to add, this is this is my opinion. This is not intel. This is not me telling you if X, then Y. This is just me reading the tea leaves. If that visit does end up happening, I think DJ Hicks is a sooner in the end. I do, and I've said that before. Now, I am 100% in lockstep with you on your top three storylines. Okay. I just had Hicks at one, Bowen at two, Vosick at three. Yeah, I, ju- I just saw the news again that the visit has been booked for DJ Hicks' Bedlam Week, yeah. which is huge, obviously. So I, I would agree. With, I should put that at number one now. Now, f- number four for me, the number four most significant recruiting storyline is can you flip anybody – amidst the coaching carousel. And this is something that we've started to talk about this week, but probably have not given its due over the last couple months as we've engaged in these recruiting conversations because what always happens in the months of November and December, schools fire coaches, coaches leave, you have turnover, you have tempest, and all of a sudden you look at Grayson Halton last year as a perfect example. Was committed to Oregon for nearly a year, but then boom, Mario Cristobal's in Miami and Grayson Halton's out looking for a new landing spot. And that happened to be the University of Oklahoma. OU was able to capitalize. So when that season hits, late November, early December, and you get guys back on the open market that maybe you weren't anticipating coming back on the open market at any point, can you close on a player or two that would really help entrench this class's status as a top three class across the country? Number five for me is... How early can you get on the board in the class of 2024? Yeah, because I, I, think, I considered that yeah, one also. Yeah, the earlier you can score a couple of commitments to really get the ball rolling, the more effective those guys are going to be able to be as peer recruiters, laying the foundation for what could be an even better recruiting class in 24 than the one the Sooners are set to sign in 23. Yeah, I, I like those. And, uh, you know, the portal's going to be a big thing, too. I know we're talking about uh, recruits, high school recruits here, but the portal's going to be big. When Muleshoe takes the Arizona Cardinals bo- uh, job, maybe you get Caleb Williams back to Oklahoma, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> do you think OU fans would be okay with that? <laughs> Probably. Like, if yeah, there's a yes, world in which... <laughs> yes, I do. And that mule suit coming back with Caleb Williams, they would forgive and forget if that was a realistic possibility, which that is Fantasy Island stuff, of course. But uh, I don't know. It's going to be very interesting. I, I think that Suter fans, they just, man, they want to see another commitment. How, how many days now since the day when Oklahoma got two with Makari Vickers and Anthony Evans? Has that, it, it's been two months? That was August 26th, so let's think here. Six four, weeks Four or so? more days in August, 30 in September, 31 in October, 67 days. It has been 67 days since the Sooners received a commitment. Holy cow. Man, that's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. So uh, that's big news, though, with DJ Hicks again uh, coming to Norman for Bedlam Weekend. So uh, you, you hope that A&M keeps losing football games, too. A&M has Florida at home this week, right? They got yeah. – is, it, is I it, it Florida? I think it's LSU and then Florida. No, LSU has Bama. Right. Oh, okay. At home. So is it Florida so, and then yeah. LSU? Okay, okay. Yeah, and uh, man, you need A&M to keep losing. Keep yeah. <laughs> on losing. And then maybe you can get Gabriel Brownlow-Dendy through the portal. Falling wow, apart you're right <laughs> now at College Station, right? You're really getting, you're really digging yeah, deep that's, here, Steely. That's, that's probably wishful thinking right uh-huh. there. Uh, this listener in the 918 says, so Parker's balls might not have been wrong this whole time. Maybe not. Still got that OU crystal ball in for DJ Hicks, so we'll see. That was we'll still, see. I don't know that uh, I can remember a recruiting um, situation that, Sooner fans were so confident about that all of a sudden, you know, it went womp, womp, womp when uh, DJ Hicks put the A&M hat on. And then it started breaking out. Oh, this isn't looking good, hearing bad stuff, you know. So there was kind of a little bit of a lead up to, all right, Oklahoma fans, get ready. This could be a disappointment. But it looked like because DJ Hicks had told the OU coaches that morning, I'm coming to Oklahoma, you had recorded the interview with DJ Hicks about why he was coming to Oklahoma. Hey, maybe it we'll, was, get, to, it maybe was we'll re- get to release that interview after It all. was ready to go, man. It was ready to go. That's like the unreleased bootleg recording now, the DJ Hicks interview that uh, was supposed to go down a while back but did not go down. So. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens down the stretch. All right, real quick before we break, Ortho Central clip of the day. This was Brent Venables yesterday at his press conference talking about the nature of recruiting right now and keeping a class together. In the recruiting world, uh, you know, it never stops. When a guy commits, people are still going to try to uh, recruit people, and, and sometimes guys, they uh, change their minds. That's their right. That's part of the process. Uh, you don't like it when you're when you're not on the right side of it. Uh, but you're always, you know, checking the temperature of the water to, to see if, all right, this guy, I'm not sure about, you know. Uh, so you're really doing that from the, from the get-go. Uh, like, this guy committed, but I'm not sure for whatever reason. Uh, maybe it's where, they, where they're located, uh, family support or not. You know, sometimes you get maybe a, a parent that's looking at it, you know, uh, more, maybe more in an agent role as opposed to, you know, somebody going to take the baton, you know, uh, from us and, and they got to help my son grow from boyhood to manhood. You know, some people look at it more from a business standpoint. Some of it look uh, from a, a growth and maturation and, and a football opportunity, too. So a lot goes into it. And every once in a while, you know, things don't go your way. That's I don't ever lose sleep over somebody uh, that we never had. Uh, that um, was supposedly lost. You know, if they come here in this program and they go on that field for us and then they they leave, then that's somebody that we lost. 
All right, that is our Ortho Central Clip of the Day. When injuries occur on Friday night, Ortho Central Saturday Injury Clinic is open every Saturday morning from 8 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. Free evaluations for high school sports, athletes, and any injuries they might incur uh, on a Friday night or Thursday night in this case. A lot of uh, games will be played tomorrow night because of the uh, weather coming in Friday. But they've got you taken care of at Ortho Central, turning setbacks into comebacks. All right, break time right here. Wednesday edition of Steelman and Thune just getting uh, just getting warmed up right here on the home of Sooner fans. The Ref Radio Network, we're coming right back. Welcome back. It is a Wednesday edition of Steelman and Thune here on the Ref Radio Network, home of Sooner fans here in the Brown O'Haver Studios. Thanks again to uh, Lasher Home Comfort Systems for sponsoring our opening hour here on the program. Ring them up if you have any problems, uh, heating and air issues you need to have uh, dealt with. Uh, give them a call at 405-579-3113. That's 405-579-3113. Is, uh, is Dave Aranda around right now? I just played his intro Dave, music. So yes. Yeah, he is a digital man. He's a robot. Let's see if Dave is here right now. Dave? Guys, it's good to see you. Um, hey, Dave. You know, I have a lot of respect for uh, Coach Venables and okay. his team we're playing and the environment right, and all right. of it. And so we're going to have to continue to uh, – to grow and improve, okay, uh, so that we can uh, put our best uh, our Dave, best effort forward. Dave, can we uh, can we talk to you a little bit later in the show? Is that all right? We'll we'll hear from Dave Aranda a little bit later in the show. That's uh, the always exciting uh, Dave Aranda press conference, ladies and gentlemen. How would you rank the coaches by pressers in the Big Twelve? Uh, well, we know who's at ten. Yes, yes, we do. I feel like you got to put Mike Gundy at one, honestly. I it's yeah, just the unpredictability. Be, yes, of I that. agree. I've always said Mike Gundy always has a great press conference. Uh, Dave Aranda, snooze fest. Matt Campbell, eh, okay. I don't know. Maybe about uh, on a scale of one to ten, that's about a five. Lance Leipold, you know, I've cut up some audio and watched his press conference a little bit. That's about a five. Chris Kleiman uh, gives good sound bites. He talks in like 25, 30 second sound bites. But again, that's kind of blase. Neil Brown? Neil Brown. Well, what about Nick Benita? Nick Benita. I tell you, oh, you're playing good football, man. They got Nick Benita out there, defensive end. He's, he's really not that redneck, but he did call Nick Benito Nick Benita. Nick Benita, the Benita Burita. That's what they should have had instead of the uh, Gay Burkich burrito, the Nick Benita burrito. You just gave some taco truck in Norman there you go. their next franchise element. The Benito burrito. How did nobody come up with that? Or did they? They probably did. Uh, Sonny Dykes, you know, I his press. 
I don't see his press conference. I see like an interview deal that he does every week, uh, and that's where I get my Sonny Dykes sound. I will say this. Sonny Dykes and Matt Campbell are in the running for uh, biggest sideline freakout situations. They are the two uh, that absolutely lose their minds on the sidelines. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian's pretty good, not too bad. Um, you know, I haven't seen Matt Wells' stuff. Not Matt Wells, but uh, Joey McGuire's stuff yet. Matt Wells is at OU. Uh, Neil Brown is okay, but I think Mike Gundy is is lapping the field in terms of press conferences. Now, Brent, you know, Brent's pretty good. He's very long-winded. Brent is up there, you know, it's kind of a sermon on the Sooner Mount when he gets up there to an extent. But Brent, man, he will, it reminds me of a Led Zeppelin song, Ramble On. You know, for a while. But he is, uh, yeah, Mule Shoes press conferences were, they were a snooze fest, too. Yeah. Plus, he got up there and lied, man. He lied. (laughs) You're lying. Right now, you're lying. Oh, Mule Shoe. We should have had the Pinocchio nose meter on every, you know, particularly last year on every Mule Shoe. You know, so he had an availability yesterday, and he was asked about the college football playoff rankings. And he said something like, well, ask ask all my friends back in Oklahoma. I don't pay any attention to those. And I was like, what? At this what, point, what friends, friends do you yeah. have back in Oklahoma? What friends? Was he saying that with a smile on his face who or was is, he serious? Who is he on FaceTime with at 730 on a Wednesday evening in the state of Oklahoma? He's got a couple friends. Ryan Hibble's still a friend. Uh, don't get mad at Ryan, but, you know, he used to go over there and hit uh, golf balls occasionally with the uh, OU golf team. Shout out Ryan Hibble. Great coach, by the way. But... Uh, I'm just looking. I'm just looking at the Air Comfort Solutions text line, and a very simple message came through from Kevin in Tulsa. Dave Aranda is so bald. He's very bald. This is true. I don't know, but is Dave Aranda a good bald? There are good balds and bad balds. He pulls it off. Yes, he pulls it off. Who's a good bald and who's a bad bald? Drake Dyken is a good bald. Drake Dyken's a good bald. Is he? Are you sure about that? Is Drake Dyke in a good bald? I want to see. See, I, yeah, I guess Drake's a – I'll put Drake in the pretty pretty good bald. I'm not in the major leagues like in AAA. But, like, Bruce Willis, good bald. The Rock, good bald. Dave Aranda, good bald. Mule Shoe, bad bald. <laughs> He's on his way to bad bald status, right? <laughs> oh, those hair plugs, though. Is size Sperling still out there with the hair club for men? They used to have those TV spots all the time. I mean, it's uh, Mule Shoe needs a NIL deal with Rogaine, I think, is what he needs. One listener on the text line says, you can tell Mule Shoe is lying if his lips are moving. That, I like that. Yeah, that's right. Fine bomb, bad bald. Yeah, he's a, he's a male pattern baldness. If you want to see a picture of male pattern baldness, Paul Feinbaum is that guy. Because you got the hair on the sides, you know. <laughs> the ring, the horseshoe. Yeah, you've got that. And I don't know, if you had that, do you just remove the hair if you were in that situation? If you had the male pattern baldness situation going on that Paul Feinbaum does, would you? Or maybe it's his signature look now. I don't know. He probably looked uh, really creepy. We have know. we have this one texter that just it happens about once a week. Just starts blowing up the text line with Alton Tarver propaganda. He will be better than David Hicks. Way better than Hicks. The next Tommy Harris. 
Alton Tarber. You save the receipts, man. If that guy's right, you're gonna have to apologize to him from the nine one eight. You never hey, know. Hey, listen, I I love it. I love the propaganda machine. I love Alton Tarber. Uh Terry Bradshaw. Terry Bradshaw, uh bad bald. I mean, I like Terry Bradshaw. Uh Larry David is a bad bald. Yes, I agree with that. But I like Larry David too. I I, I like Terry Bradshaw and I like Larry David. Fine bomb, I'm kinda hot and cold on, but all bad balds. There are more bad balds out there than there are good balds. True. Right? True. I mean, it's hard, very difficult. That's like, you know, trying to get to the college football playoff outside of the SEC or being like Ohio State, <laughs> right? The good balds aren't out there. You can't run the good balds run the table, man. And there are very few. I is there anybody else? Like I said, the Rock's a good ball. Jeff Bezos? No, I don't think so. Do you? No, I don't. But I, I wanted to hear your opinion. Bill Biedenboe's not bald. Yeah, somebody said Bill Biedenboe good bald. Bill Biedenboe is definitely not bald. Bill Biedenboe will find you and pancake you for that comment. It's it's called clown cut hair. Hair on the side, bald in the top from Oyumani. What's up, Oyumani? How you doing? Telly Savalas, yes. Who loves you, baby? Good bald back in the day. Good bald. You don't even know who Telly Sabalas is, do you? No, I sure don't. Kojak. Google up Kojak. We ran into, when I was a kid, we took a trip out to L.A. Yes, I have relatives out in L.A., and, and one's a SC fan. Um, and they were shooting Kojak, the series downtown, so we found out about it. So my parents, we should go see them shoot this uh, TV scene with Telly Sabalas. So we see that they've got the block, uh, you know, marked off and everything where they can shoot this scene. So we're walking down the street, and there is a, a uh, Winnebago there on the side of the street. And Telly Savalos was a big star at the time. So my mom, bless her heart, I love her, but she can get very excited. And she kind of looks through, not like she was peering through, but the, uh, the shades were not shut on this Winnebago on the windows. And you could see Telly Savalos in there playing cards. So my mom gets up there and does look through. Oh, my gosh, it's him, it's him, it's him, it's him. <laughs> and I can just remember, I was like, Mom, let's go now. Come on, please, let's go. She was very excited, and all we saw was a hand walk over. Some dude walked over to the window and just, vroom, the shades were shut just like that. And that's my memory of Telly Savalas. I actually have a Telly Savalas story. Stone Cold Steve Austin, good bald. Yule Brenner, good bald. Jeremiah Hall, now there you go. That's a good, good bald, bald right, there. right there. By the way, this is a phenomenal text. I would say one of the top ten that we've ever received on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Dave Aranda is a blue man without the blue. <laughs> maybe he is yes, part. Maybe, maybe he is part of the blue man group. Dana Dave Holgerson. Man. Really bad bald. Bill Self should be a bad bald if not for the piece. I don't know. Does Bill Self really have the toupee or not toupee? That is the question. I would say toupee. Okay. All right. We got a break. I didn't expect to get into good bald, bad bald conversation right there, but you never know the direction the show might go every now and then. But Dave Aranda, good coach, good bald. Mule Shoe's going to be a bad bald one day, and that's going to be great. I'm going to be there to celebrate. Of course, he's going to be sitting there in his hilltop L.A. mansion with his butler serving him something. 
at the time. All right, we got to get out of here for this segment. Coming back, and we'll get to as many texts as we can. We will talk a little bit about the college football playoff rankings. Stay with us here in the ref. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you on the Ref Radio Network, home of Sooner fans on a Wednesday, getting ready for Oklahoma and Baylor 2 o'clock Saturday down in Norman. Well, we're right here in Norman, down in Norman for you guys, a lot of you guys. ESPN Plus broadcast coming up this Saturday. Riverwind Casino, ladies and gentlemen, the Sooners may not be going to the conference championship game in Arlington this year, but you could be going. One of ten patrons, they will award ten Patrons who earned the highest number of points on Gaming Capital Group Machines, a trip to the conference championship game valued at nearly $6,000. That's your airfare, hotel stay, ground transportation, tickets to the game. Plus, you're going to get $1,000 in cash. So get out to Riverwind Casino and participate in the Gold Line giveaway. Now through uh, November 19th, they will uh, have, you know, signs around all the gaming machines that you're looking for, the gaming capital group machines. Pile up as many points as you can. If you're in the top 10 at the end of this promotion, November 19th, you will go to the conference championship game in Arlington. They've also got another big-time promotion happening for November, the electric earnings promotion uh, for from now until November 26, patrons who uh, earn 500 points on the Riverwind wildcard are going to be eligible to uh, receive a pair of JBL wireless earbuds. That is going to be a big-time promotion as well. And, of course, we have Beats and Bites Bedlam Edition uh, coming up at Riverwind Friday night, November 18th, the uh, night before the Bedlam matchup, uh, matchup down in Norman. The Eli Young Band will be the headliner, Wade Bowen, the opening act. Tickets are 5 bucks at the box office and at riverwind.com. I forgot uh, president of the uh, local chapter of uh, Good Bald, uh, Jason Kersey, who is a bald advocate. Jason Kersey, president of the local chapter of Good Bald. We were talking Good Bald versus Bad Bald. We said that Dave Aranda is Good Bald and Paul Feinbaum is Bad Bald. So he's the president, not Teddy? Teddy, yeah, Teddy's good bald. How can we leave out Teddy? I mean, I think Jason Kersey, you know, advocates for good bald on his uh, social media, particularly on Twitter, quite a bit. Alistair Crowley, uh, good bald. Yeah, but the problem with Alistair Crowley is some people thought he was the Antichrist, so you don't want that tag on you. LeBron James, bad bald. <laughs> yeah, I know. How did we leave Teddy out? I mean, Teddy pulls it off. He's good bald. He's definitely good bald. You know, and you've got to embrace it when you're there and you're getting close. And if you can embrace good bald, that helps. Walk around like, what? You got a problem? I don't have any hair. You got a problem with me? 
I mean, it's it's a good. Well, see, you always got a hat on, so no, nobody right. will ever know whether you're good bald or bad bald. That's right. That's now, proprietary I, information. That's exactly right. Exactly right. All right. Uh, you want to get to the Air Comfort Solutions text line? By sure, the way, why we, not? Do, we do have uh, Jesse Crittenden coming up with us next hour. One thirty-five does a great job covering uh, the Sooners again. Uh, he'll join us in the uh, Riverwind Casino Hotline. One thirty-five next hour. Uh, we just we we have a bunch of good bald, bad bald texts. I'm having to sift through. Oh no. Uh, Mike in Springfield asks Parker, why did Nebraska pay all that money to dismiss Scott Frost early? National Sign Day is approaching, and they've made no movement. They've made no movement toward a permanent coach. Yeah. Well, it, you can't really make tangible movement towards a permanent coach until the season ends, or at, le- at least until the regular season ends. Because look, here, here's what you'd imagine is the case: Nebraska is angling for a handful of guys, and among those names, you would figure Dave Aranda's on the list. You'd figure Lance Leipold is on the list. You'd think that Matt Campbell is probably on the list as well. But, like, what, what is the common denominator with all of those coaches? They're currently coaching other football teams. And so what about a guy like Matt Rule? And I know, I guess, he loses uh, some of the uh, the buyout money, I guess, if he takes takes another job. Uh, you know, I don't know. But if, if let's say you're Dave Aranda, um, you know, aren't you going to be in a better situation at Baylor long-term, particularly with Oklahoma and Texas leaving, than you would be in Lincoln? Now, a lot of it depends on the uh, – Yeah, look, you, look. You know, I, the money and all of that. I get it. I think Lance Leipold will be Nebraska's next coach. And that'd be if a really put, good hire. If you put a gun to my head and made me take a guess, I would say it's Lance Leipold. But again – Unless you're pulling subterfuge and being sneaky behind the scenes, a la Muleshoe, you really can't interview another team's head coach. You can't start engaging with another team's head coach until their season's over. Because in most cases, the head coach is going to have enough respect for his employer if, if Lance, to be able to... If Lance Leipold takes a personal day here in the next couple of weeks... <laughs> we know exactly look, why. Look out. Look out. But no, look, I've, I've said it many a time. The day after Thanksgiving, Nebraska's athletic administration should be landing a helicopter in Lance Leipold's backyard because to do what he's done at Kansas over the last year and a half is remarkable in and of itself, but how much more could he do something like that at a school that still has something of a brand for itself in Nebraska? I get they haven't been good in a really long time, but they have prestige. They have history. It just takes the right individual. At all of these jobs, it just takes the right person. Right? Nobody would have believed, and, and nobody did believe, because we talked about it at the time, that Lance Leipold felt really right for Kansas. And I don't think anybody would have believed, well, yeah, you know, Kansas football, it, the right co- it just takes the right coach to turn that thing around. But if there's one thing Lance Leipold has proved, it's that the right coach can turn around any situation, regardless of how dire it is. Now, look. Uh, also, you look at Nebraska like this year, and Nebraska's three and five, right after they lost to Illinois. Illinois is leading the Big Ten West. They're four and one. Brett Bielema's done a nice job there, no doubt. But I mean, Purdue, Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin is way down. Northwestern, Northwestern's one win was Nebraska over in Ireland. That's it. They're one and seven. It's not like, you know, you have somebody tearing up the Western uh, Division of the Big Ten Conference. If you're Nebraska, if you can get back to being somewhere close 
uh, to what Nebraska used to be, you should be able to compete and win that you know Big Ten West every now and then. Particularly, uh, who knows what Wisconsin's going to do. Iowa, Kirk Ferentz is going to be there until they put him underground, it looks like. Uh, look, Illinois, number what were they, number 16 last night in the college football playoff rankings, and Bielema's done a nice job, but still. It's not like the, if Nebraska is playing solid football, they couldn't be doing what Illinois is doing right now. Right? I mean, like I said, uh, you've got Wisconsin down. Iowa's offense is horrible. P.J. Fleck is still rowing the boat, you know, in circles. Um, I, I'm trying to make sense of how Illinois is so good. Because, I, I, I don't know, Steely, I don't, I don't consider Brett Bielema a great football coach, at least historically speaking. He's done some nice, I'm not saying he's been bad, but you look at Brett Bielema's resume, it's just, you're like, you're like meh, okay. Arkansas didn't work out, did it? No. no but and now all of a sudden he goes to Champaign, Illinois, where nobody's won in 15 years, and he's got that program at 7-1? and one. Make it make sense, because I can't. Yeah, it's uh, it's he's done a nice job, no doubt. Uh, by the way, the nine one eight Lance Leipold when he says, "I will not be the next head coach at Auburn." That's when he departs in the SUV for Lincoln, Lincoln Nebraska, and uh, look out for personal days. Brian in Tulsa, yes, Michael Jordan is the goat bald. He is a good bald. There is no doubt. Derek Jeter, good bald also. So there's still some out there. We got a listener that says TCU got screwed by the committee. No, no, no one got screwed by the committee. These rankings literally do not matter. They do not matter at all. They won't matter for another month. And here's the deal. TCU is not going to run the table. It's not no, happening. No, they won't. It ain't happening. And unless uh, Jamoy, what's the guy's name? Jamoy Hodge. Jamoy Hodge knocks out every opposing quarterback down the stretch, which you never know. They're, they have to go to Austin. Can they win in Austin? Yes, Texas could do Texas things. They also have to go to Waco. They've got Tech this week. Then they've got Iowa State. And then uh, more than likely, again, K-State, obviously, in the Big 12 championship game. TCU's not running the table. I think the loss comes in Waco. Do I you? think that's where they trip up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So uh, Look, no, Nobody gets screwed by the committee with the first installment of the college football playoff rankings. That is an apocryphal notion. That is a helmet logo thing, too, though, because, again, if you got Oklahoma or Texas there and uh, they're out there with an 8-0 record, there is no doubt that they're well, – of course, OU last year was eighth, but that team was underperforming, and I think people could see that. Tiger Woods, bad bald. Tiger is not quite bald yet, but he's on his way to bad bald. I agree. So – all right, uh, 405-651-3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We appreciate Air Comfort Solutions. We appreciate you guys keep sending those texts in. We can barely keep up with them, but we're doing our very best. How about last night? The Thunder, they won four in a row. What are you doing? Four in a row. Poku had 16 off the bench. SGA had a big-time game, 34 points. They held Paulo Boncaro to his lowest output of the season so far, 15 points. He's been the best rookie in the league. And how about the Phillies? Five long balls as they beat Houston 7-zip Phillies. And the Astros tonight, game four of the Fall Classic in Philadelphia, 7 o'clock on Fox. Be right back. It's the home of Sooner fans. Keep it here. We are back. Love that song. 
I tell you, Portugal ain't the man. The man is David Hicks. That's who's the man. All right. And yes, news today that Sooner fans would like to hear. David Hicks still committed to Texas A&M. Pulled that surprise, surprise, uh, not too long ago, putting the uh, Aggie hat on when everybody thought he was headed to Oklahoma. But David Hicks is going to be making a visit. David Hicks will be making a visit, ladies and gentlemen, to Norman for Bedlam. Hey, man, let's go. That's how we do it. Boomer, baby. There you go. I guess Danny Stutzman's fired up. There you go. All right, uh, so this news today, Parker, and it, did it surprise you uh, at all? You you kind of thought, I know you've talked about, be looking to see whether or not DJ Hicks takes that Bedlam visit to Norman, and that will be an indication that Oklahoma is still, still seriously in the mix for David Hicks. Yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> if he were committed to Oklahoma, he wouldn't be visiting anywhere else, right? Correct. So not officially anyway. Yeah, huh? Unless so he's this, got, you know, one of those weird deals like Anthony Evans or Colton Vosick. Well, they haven't taken any official vi- the, the, all their other visits have been unofficial. unofficial so you you're right. right. Like if an OU commit were to take an official visit to another school, I think that would be the end of it between Venables and the staff and them. But yeah, look, we've talked about it for quite some time with DJ Hicks. That line has not gone dead. Far from it. Since he committed back on September 28th, the Sooners have continued to recruit him. Todd Bates has continued to maintain that relationship. And look, Mike, I'm not saying DJ Hicks flips to Oklahoma. I'm not all the way on the same page as Shane in Newcastle. But the, but do- the door is cracked open the, now, the right? The door is open, man. And here's what I know. Here's what I know for a fact. The day that he committed, you could kind of tell from the vibes at the ceremony, DJ Hicks was more comfortable with Oklahoma than he was with Texas A&M. It's been that way. And so, again, when you're talking about a five-star, how much does comfort actually matter? It didn't matter on September 28th. Is it going to matter on December 15th or whenever National Signing Day is? You know, in the demise of A&M, maybe it's played into that, and A&M still had, like, they've got Florida this week. Uh, they still have LSU, uh, and I believe A&M is hosting LSU in the uh, the last game of the year. But, you know, A&M right now at 3-5, and five, and the only game left on their schedule that looks like a, uh, you know, an automatic dub is that, you know, late-season SEC non-con matchup they have with UMass. Other than that, they have Florida this weekend, and they go to Auburn. Then it's UMass at Kyle Field, and then it's uh, they close out the season with LSU. So, if uh, Jimbo and company lose three or four down the stretch, even if they go 500, you know, looking at five and seven. If you go four and eight, man, that is really problematic. So On the text line, a listener from the 580 says, with all the defensive back offers that have been coming the last couple of days, does that mean we're out on Peyton Bowen? Absolutely not. Brandon Hall has cast a wide net. A safety net, as it were, just in case things go sideways. But, no, the Sooners are still very much in it for Peyton Bowen. And, again, my gut has told me all along, I've said this, Peyton Bowen is going to be a Sooner in the end. That is my belief. Now, um, as far as when that announcement comes, as far as when we get a final decision from Peyton Bowen, I'm past the point of trying to speculate because – that timeline has seemingly been pushed back 10 or 12 times by now. 
and is here he, we are is November. taking the visit this week for Clemson Notre Dame? I, I, I don't know for sure. Don't know yet? Don't know for sure. Look, he's he's not going to Notre Dame. I'll stand by that. Okay, if so I'm you're wrong, saying wrong, 100% pretty much. You, you think uh, he's been committed there forever, but you said – uh, for the longest time, yeah, that Notre Dame, it will not be Notre Dame. I don't think it will so. be Notre Dame. Uh, yeah, Juco is still alive and well. A couple Juco offers went out last night. I saw that, yeah. Defensive and back offensive Kendall lineman, right from uh, Northeast Oklahoma, A&M, up in Miami. That's right. And then, uh, oh gosh, for the life of me, I can't remember the offensive lineman's name, but they offered a big boy offensive key Keytrone Blackstock. There you go. Where was he from? Coffeeville? I'm trying to think. Uh, where Trinity was... Valley. Trinity Valley. Okay. Trinity Valley. Uh, so, uh, anyway, somebody said, Steely, I don't know. The parents didn't look very happy at the ceremony. Well, the dad looked happy to me. Like I the said, the dad did look happy. The dad yes. looked like, man, I got the mortgage paid off. This is going to be great, man. I can get a new set of golf clubs. A&M's taking care of everything. The mom was kind of like, all right, this is how we're going to do it. You know, it was. And DJ Hicks. Um, You've talked to DJ Hicks a couple times, right? Have you interviewed DJ Hicks? I know you've seen I, him play. I, yes, I've become well acquainted with DJ Is Hicks. Is he a quiet, reserved kid? Hey, I wouldn't call him quiet and reserved, but he's also not super gregarious. He's, just, right. he's, he's a very, like, I feel as though he's one of those guys that's just kind of a, a, ther- a thermometer, as it were. He kind of operates on the same speed as whoever he's around. Right. Well, and the thing is, he just looked really uncomfortable. I mean, he didn't look terrified or anything, but when he put that hat on, like, yeah, yeah, A&M is the pick here, you know. Yeah. So, we'll see. But uh, DJ Hicks will be visiting Norman for Bedlam, and that is uh, that, again, cracks the door open a little bit for Oklahoma. All right, 405 651 3439 Air Comfort Solutions tax line. One more quick one before we and we'll try and get to as many as we can next segment. Hey, this listener in the 580 says BV going to have that NIL bag waiting for Hicks at Bedlam. He'll be enrolled at OU in January. I don't know. OU's NIL bag. OU is working NIL. They have collectives. Uh, again, they're uh, they're doing the best they can, and I think they're doing a pretty de- a good job. But uh, Clearly, the leaders of the NIL pack in terms of money are A&M and Miami right now, and Texas certainly up there as well. You know who else has a pretty good collective? It's Florida. Tennessee, Tennessee and Florida. You're right. Josh Heupel, they've, they've got a good situation up there, but A&M and Miami, you know, they've got a little bit of money. They've got a lot of bit of money in their NIL situation in Coral Gables and at College Station. All right, thank you to Lasher Home Comfort Systems for sponsorship of the first hour. We've got another hour to go. Jesse Crittenden will join us. We'll get to more of your texts. All of that coming up on a hump day edition of Steel Man and Thune. Keep it here. We are back for hour number two. Mike Steely. Parker Thune with you. Hour number two presented, as always, by the Seth Wadley Auto Group, Paul's Valley, exit 72, for a great deal on a car, truck, SUV, pre-owned vehicle. It's all there for you at the Seth Wadley Auto Group of Paul's Valley. And, again, a great guarantee, oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. All right, Air Comfort Solutions text line is blowing up, man. 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Right before we get back there, 
how you feeling right now here on Hump Day Wednesday about Oklahoma Baylor? I'm feeling fantastic. We just had a Toby Rowland sighting. Toby Rowland here? is here in the office. What? Just What's walked he? in. I, I I couldn't tell. I knew there was somebody behind me. I didn't know who it was because you know people shuttle in and out of the studio from time to time, and I'm facing away from the door. And so I figured, okay, it's just you know it's TJ or it's Tyler running in to grab something, and then. Uh, Somebody taps me on the back, and I turn around. It's Toby. Toby Roland is here in studio. I would say, well, I will say, and not would, but uh, the Josie Halloween stuff. Elite. That was nice. That was very well done. That was championship level Halloweening right there. That was playoff worthy Halloweening from uh, T Row. Especially for somebody that quite openly does not love Halloween. I don't know. How do you feel about Halloween as a holiday? I, you know, like, it's not that I have a distaste for mm-hmm. Halloween. It's just you get to a certain age, and it's like, okay, what is this even really about anymore? The playoff rankings of holidays, you've got, I don't know, I may go Thanksgiving 1, Christmas 2. Now, I'm all about our Lord and Savior, so I should probably put Christmas 1. But just in terms of Thanksgiving, to me, has become the greatest food day ever. Now, the 4th of July is also, so I would go in the playoff rankings. Thanksgiving does seem like a steely kind of holiday. Okay, so, man, that's real close, one, two, Thanksgiving or Christmas. I'm going to go, I'll still, slight, very slight edge Christmas because of the meaning is, you know, basically so enormous of what Christmas is all about. Christmas one, Thanksgiving two, they play in the championship uh, and then in the uh, semifinals, you probably had the 4th of July. The question is, who gets the fourth playoff spot among holidays? Uh, see, be- for me, my overall number one seed is Easter. Really? Yep. Easter? Yeah, East- that's another important one. That's another, well, Easter and, and Christmas are from the uh, same conference. Yes, they are. The Savior <laughs> Conference, which is a bit, that's a great conference. That's the conference you want to be in right there. But um, the Savior Eternal Conference, SEC. And the worst, me, if Valentine's Day ever crashes the playoff, I'm out because that is a Hallmark <laughs> holiday. Complete BS. Oh, I hate Valentine's Day. I know, and I know because it's all I, I don't okay. Even so, I don't know if the ladies like it anymore. I mean, you've got to get your lady something, but again, it's one of those holidays where, like, really? Well, and my birthday is always the same week as Valentine's Day. So mm. I have to share oh, the celebration no. with valentine's day which is i'm I'm sorry i'll say it valentine's day is a stupid holiday it is it is unnecessary and does not need to be celebrated or put on the calendar in general i mean it's all about love but we hate valentine's day right valentine's day is just an excuse to spend money that's right obnoxious things the people at hallmark are all behind it there's no doubt about it the card manufacturers by the way um so you're in that group of like the worst time to be born on the calendar is between like December 20th and January. Uh, like if you're born on uh, January 2nd or something or December 28th. Well, right here is your Christmas present and uh-huh. your birthday present, uh-huh. right? We just yeah, we figured we'd roll them into one, man. Is I know, that right? I know a couple people whose birthdays are on Christmas. You guys are That's getting gotta screwed. Be miserable. You call those people cheapskates. They're two different dates, unless you're born on Christmas. And again, if you're born on Christmas Day, congratulations. You deserve a couple more presents. But again, you know, 
that's got to be bad because how many times you think they hear that and get tired of hearing it, right? Somebody asked, is Parker okay? I'm not sure what that's in reference to, but yes, I, I can assure you I'm perfectly fine. He appears to be breathing and speaking, so yes. I'm thriving, as a matter of fact. That's right. Uh, Gunny of Stutzman Army says Valentine's Day is a made-up holiday from Hallmark and Hershey's. Absolutely. Agree 100%, Gunny. No doubt. Uh, so you know a couple people who are in that the Bermuda Triangle zone of birthdays, where again, yeah. you've always got, well, we just thought we would get you a birthday and Christmas present together. No, no, <laughs> no. Grandma, it doesn't work that way, all right? I am I was born on January 3rd. That is not Christmas. So you give my ass a Christmas present and a birthday present separately. That's what you got to argue, kids. Don't let them cheap out on you if that's your situation. Okay. Sorry. Somebody said, speaking of Valentine's Day, could we play Baby Come Back for <laughs> DJ Hicks? You want to go old school player from the 70s? All right, we can do that. January 16th, Gunny of Stutzman Army. See, I don't know. Is that just on the uh, – that's, that's on the uh, cutoff line. I don't think you could realistically – Tell somebody their birthday on January 16th. I mean, we're talking six, we're talking three weeks of separation there between Christmas and, yeah, it's Gunny of Stutzman Army said it's just far enough. So, 972, my birthday is just after Christmas. Oh, difficult. Very difficult. Especially if you're a kid, man. So, uh, today is my great nephew Hunter's birthday. He is 10 years old today. Can you wish him? A happy birthday. Yes, we can. Hunter, happy birthday. Happy, happy 10th, Hunter. Hunter, how you doing? Happy birthday Double to you. Double digits. That's right. My guy. You're it's there. Good You're age. on the way. You're Enjoy on the way. it. Enjoy these years because once you get to high school, life starts to get a lot more difficult. Uh-oh, we've got somebody upset. I don't know if it's a lady or not. Uh, Vegas says the favorite is it's female. 405-476-3637. <laughs> Boy, your ladies are lucky. Uh, now, look, I'm going to buy something, but I'm going to begrudgingly, begrudgingly. I love how you just unashamedly doxed that person on live radio, <laughs> read their entire phone number. Uh, oh, did I? Yeah, you did. Oh, my gosh. My bad. My ba- I'm, I'm sorry. That's Well, they won't remember it. My bad. I, oh, here we go. That was an old man move. I apologize. From the 918. My first child's expected due date is January 2nd. Welcoming a lifetime of fighting off joint Christmas slash birthday gifts. By the way, we are naming her Landry after the OU legend. Really? There you go. I, I don't know if Landry Jones is in the legend category for me, but, I, you know. Okay, I, I was going to ask you before T-Row came in, uh, how are you feeling on Wednesday about Oklahoma Baylor Saturday? You have a good feeling? Yeah. Or are you kind of going back and forth? Because yeah. I'm going back and forth. Yeah, it feels like a toss-up, doesn't it? It does. And I was doing a, uh, a game preview with one of the Baylor beat reporters yesterday, and I said, look, I'd, I'd probably side with Vegas on this thing. Home field advantage is worth three points. I'd favor Oklahoma by three. Whoever runs the football better. Yeah, and well, the turnover and battle, of course, is always huge. Uh, OU special teams have been big, too. That's what's going to be so crucial for Oklahoma is taking advantage of turnover opportunities because they did a bad job of that the first few games of Big 12 play. You think about Deshaun White's dropped pick six against TCU. Yeah, the interception absolutely. that Woody Washington couldn't secure on the opening drive of the Red River Showdown. There were junctures at which Oklahoma could have shifted the momentum of those football games, the ones that became the blowout losses, and couldn't cash in on turnovers. But 
You rewind to this past Saturday in Ames. When the Sooners got hands on the ball, they capitalized. And that has to happen again because if there's one thing, if there's one weakness to Blake Shapin's game, well, he's not a perfect quarterback. There are, there are multiple weaknesses to his game. But I would say the most conspicuous weakness in his game is that he is turnover prone. And look, Baylor's going to try to control the clock. They're going to run the football a lot. This Richard is Reese, Richard Reese versus Eric Gray game. Richard Reese is going to get his. You're going to have to be okay with that if you're an Oklahoma fan. Man, we talked about it. The last two games, Parker, he carried it uh, against Kansas 31 times for 185 yards, two TDs. And then last week against West Virginia, 36 carries. I mean, these are old Earl Campbell numbers here for 149 yards and three touchdowns. So he's carried the ball 67 times for over 330 yards in the last two football games for uh, Baylor. So. Yeah, he's and did you know much about him? He's a is he a true freshman? He's from he's Belleville, a, yeah, Texas. Freshman, and uh, was he like a three star? What was his yes, rating? He was a three star. And he's every so often, man. He's, you just get yeah. You get three stars that go somewhere and are studs immediately. What Deuce was, Vaughn was one of those guys. Deuce, I was just thinking Deuce Vaughn, uh, five nine, one hundred and eighty pounds for Richard Reese, the freshman running back from Belleville, Texas, who's been uh, really good for Baylor. He might so, be first team All Big Twelve right now. He's Richard got a Reese shot. Might be. He's got a shot. Uh, could be Eric. Well, Eric Gray. He's got a. I mean, I don't know if he's still leading uh, the nation in yards per carry. It, he was going into Iowa State. Imagine this, Steely. Imagine two months ago me telling you that Deuce Vaughn was going to be the fourth best running back in the Big Twelve. But that's what he is right now, because Richard Reese is better, Eric Gray is better, Bijan Robinson is better. Yeah. How many uh, running backs do they put in the All Big Twelve team? I mean, is it two I mean, on the first team? Is it two on the first team? I thought it was only one. Uh, I would think it's two, but I don't know. So it would be Bijan. Would you go Bijan and Eric Gray right now? I think Eric Gray has still a lot more total yardage because Reese has come on late, late leave for Baylor, and he's been a really good back. But it's going to be interesting. Uh, to see what happens there. But this game, again, is going to be very physical for, for Oklahoma, no doubt. Uh, OU's offensive line against the Baylor D-line is the key matchup. Can they match their physicality? And look, do I think the Oklahoma defense is getting better? Absolutely. You're not seeing receivers run wide open. You're not seeing the bust. You're not seeing you know these gaping holes in the running game where they're taking the wrong angle or the, the run fit's not where it needs to be for Oklahoma. But, you know... Uh, everybody's talking about, well, man, Oklahoma's defense, you know, they got a lot better last week. And they, and they have gotten better. There's no doubt they're moving in the right direction. But they also played an Iowa State team that is not good on offense. They have one star in Xavier Hutchinson. Iowa State had 11 points against Kansas, right? Yeah. So, again, how, how much better is the OU defense? We'll get a much better answer in this matchup against Baylor coming up Saturday. From the 4-6-9, defense has to be prepared to play four downs every drive. They go for it a lot on fourth. And, yeah, you know what? That's one of the things you have to do at a place like Baylor where you know you're never going to have – well, I shouldn't say never. You're probably never going to have the type of talent pound for pound that schools like Oklahoma and Texas have. You have to be fundamentally sound and you have to be aggressive. Yeah. And you have to make very few mistakes and you have to be willing to uh, – 
push the envelope at times. No doubt. And from the 469, good text. He's absolutely right. Defense has to be prepared to play four downs every drive. They do go for it a lot on fourth down. Yeah, Dave Aranda seems to be a big analytics guy. There's no doubt. All right, we are going to break right here. Good stuff on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Yeah, 469, that's a really good point. Uh, thank you again to the Air Comfort Solutions uh, folks for sponsoring our text line. And man, you guys get a lot of play out of that text line because it's always on fire. Break time right here. We'll get back. We'll hear what Dave Aranda had to say about Dylan Gabriel and the Sooners next right here on The Ref. Jesse Crittenden coming up at 135 on the uh, Riverwind Casino Hotline. Thanks again to the Seth Wadley Auto Group, Paul's Valley America, Exit 72. Great deals down there at the Seth Wadley Auto Group. And a great guarantee, oil changes, engines for life, newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. See, if I'd have had this guarantee when I was growing up as a car killer, I was the Jack Kevorkian of wow. car killings. Wow, that's quite a comparison. <laughs> that's what I was. I killed cars. That's exactly what happened. These weren't mercy it was just these were stupidity killings of uh, engines, like uh, oil running out of the engine, that kind of thing. See, if I'd have had the uh, oil changes for life, wouldn't have been a problem. Engines for life, newer used gas or diesel, I would have never committed car homicide. I mean, to my own vehicle. I'm not making much sense here. I know, no, but I, you know what I'm saying. I'm just saying it's a great guarantee. That's what I'm saying. Okay, so I'm looking at Dave Aranda's bio, and we we did say you know that uh, we were talking good bald versus bad bald earlier. Good bald. Dave Aranda's a good bald. It's hard to be a good bald. Teddy Lehman, good bald. Paul Feinbaum, bad bald. Larry David, bad bald. MJ, good bald. But Dave Aranda, he's a good football coach. He, uh, it's a snooze fest at his press conference. His bio says on Wiki, born in Kern County, California. I do not believe that. I believe that he was born in a lab in Roswell, New Mexico. <laughs> you ever been to Roswell? I have not. I want to make that a D-level vacation one day just to visit Roswell. A D-level vacation. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I have been to Roswell. It's not very scenic. I can tell you that much. I, he was created in a lab there. That's how we got Dave Aranda. There's no Kern County, California. I mean, come on. It's all a lie. But uh, Dave Aranda did have his press conference uh, yesterday and uh, talked about the matchup with the Sooners coming up this weekend. Here's Dave Aranda talking about his impressions of this Oklahoma football team. You know, I think right now with, um, with, with Coach Venables, I think they're still kind of fine on themselves, which, you know, you could say that about us too, over here, and so I think there's there has been improvement um, these last couple of weeks, and um, they're playing they're playing hard for him, and so you can see the um, you know the inspired play, and then I think you can see um, um, you could see kind of a, um, a a defense that has found an identity and is playing towards it. And then you're looking at, you know, offensively, I, you know, they really ran the ball well this last game. And I th I'm sure that helped their defense. And so you're seeing kind of a, a collective team kind of emerging. And so I think that would probably be the best way to answer that question is, you know, that, you know, this, this Oklahoma team is becoming right now.
There you go, Dave Miranda on the Sooners, and here he is talking about Oklahoma quarterback Dylan Gabriel. He's got a really live arm. There's great confidence in him, and so he'll throw from one hash to the other sideline. Uh, you know, he's got great anticipation, so he throws guys open, um, and then he can beat you with his legs too. You know, if everything's covered and there's nowhere to go with it. He can take off running. And so you have to be really sound with your pass rush. And, um, you know, it helps to have vision on the ball with your coverage uh, or vision on the quarterback, rather. So, yeah, he makes it very difficult. There you go. You know what I've noticed lately? What have you noticed? People are starting to say nice things about Dylan Gabriel. Yeah, and uh, remember not long ago, he was supposedly like the worst quarterback in OU history, right? I mean, it wasn't that bad. But look, he did miss some throws earlier in the season. He definitely missed some throws early in the season. There's no doubt about that. Patrick, jeez. I just remember remember circa late September, there were people that were saying, seriously, like in all sincerity, there were people saying, well, Davis Bevel can't be any worse. Why not give him a shot? I I remember they, that. They, they got what they yes, asked for. Yes, they, they did. They got what they bargained for. Yes, they did. All right, uh, Dave Aranda, they started out the COVID year was his first year, right? They were 2-7. and seven. And uh, then last year, um, Baylor finished. They, they got the Sugar Bowl win over uh, Ole Miss, which made them tw- – 12 and 2 overall, 12 and two. right? 12 and two. and uh, 5 and 3 this year. So he's 19 and 12 overall at Baylor so far. If your math is correct, I'll trust you on it. Uh and who was there? Matt Rule and then Jim did Jim Grobe come in right before Aranda? Was he there? Oh, for the life what, of me, I can't remember. The interim deal. I'm trying to yeah, I'm trying to remember too. Was there an interim after Rule left? That's I'm what pretty I, that's, sure they just went Rule yeah, to Aranda. Maybe it was Grobe to Rule. I think it was Grobe to rule. I think Grobe was post-Art Bryles. That, I think that's right. Yeah, you're right. You are correct. All right, uh, so I don't know who I'm picking yet. I don't know who I'm picking, but uh, we'll know a lot more. And look, there's no doubt Oklahoma is playing better football. No doubt about it. And I think offensively they're going to score on people. Uh, I didn't see what the over and under was on this game, but uh, you, you're going to have to be a lot more physical against Baylor. Yeah, There's no and doubt. And Iowa State does not – they've got a good defense. There's no doubt. But in the trenches, I think this game is a battle uh, on both sides of the ball on the line. You know, And uh, the Sooners, we'll see. I think the offensive line is getting progressively better. Um, but this is going to be a huge test, maybe their biggest physical test of the year, particularly with Oklahoma State banged up. We'll see how – uh, healthy the Cowboys are when they get here. That's a good defensive line. They're not very good on the back end. But what do you think? Physical matchup. It's a tough draw for Oklahoma in that regard, especially up front, because Baylor's strong on the offensive line. They're strong on the defensive line. Obviously, they run the, they run the ball very effectively, as we've talked about, uh, more specifically with Richard Reese. Uh, the defense has had its ups and downs this year. It hasn't been all good, but it hadn't been all bad either. I would say it's been more good than bad. But the thing about Baylor is they're very similar to Kansas State in that if you give them freebies, they're going to beat you. And that's going to be the challenge for Oklahoma. Don't give this team handouts, whether that's penalty yardage or coverage busts or 
poor run fits, whatever the case may be, you can't beat yourself. Because if you beat yourself, Baylor's one of those teams that will capitalize. There are some teams in this conference, there are plenty of teams across college football that aren't very good at capitalizing when you try to hand them chunk gains, try to hand them points. Baylor's not one of those teams. They will capitalize. And you talked about, like, in some of the games where the Sooners have an interception, they can't hang on to, something like that. You've got to make those plays. Last week in Ames, they did make those plays. It's it's crazy to look back. Uh, it was a weird game in their second game when they went out to Pro Bowl and lost in two overtimes. It, it felt like, uh, I don't know, it just felt very strange. Um, and uh, Shapin didn't have a very good uh, night throwing the football. Uh, you know, Oklahoma State, 36, put, what was it, 36? Didn't West Virginia put like 40, 42 on Baylor, I think, in that matchup? Yeah, that was a barn burner. That was a weird get. 43 to 40, yeah, that was the uh, the loss in Morgantown. That was a huge win for Neil Brown. He's still in the hot seat, but that was a big, uh, uh, definitely a big win for him at the time. Um, so, I don't know. It's, um, you know, in ESPN's FPI in terms of the predicting and projecting games, down the stretch, uh, they now have the Sooners winning four of their last five, if you go by their FPI, and the only game they don't have them winning is this Baylor matchup. So, we'll see. But Oklahoma, as you said, usually home field advantage, particularly at a place like Oklahoma, is worth three. Yeah. And that's right where the Sooners are favored. So, it's it's basically, I think, kind of a pick em game. I think that's how we all feel about it. Yeah. I don't think anybody runs away on Saturday. No, I don't either. And, uh, you know, we'll see if Javante Barnes plays. Uh, it would be nice to have, you know, uh, give Eric Gray a little bit of a breather. And uh, Javante Barnes still, you know, the hamstring injury, you never know how those are going to respond or yeah, when they're going to get better. I, it'd be nice to see him play. But at this point, I'm also kind of of the opinion that you might as well just hold him out an extra week and make sure because you're confident that, Aaron, that Eric Gray can handle the lion's share of the touches. And – Hamstrings are so touch and go, especially with running backs, that you don't really want to rush a guy back unless you have to, and the Sooners don't have to right now. So, look, if if I'm the one calling the shots, I'm probably just holding Javante Barnes out this weekend. But I I am not the one calling the shots. Big bounce back game for Marvin Mims this weekend. What do you think? You'd hope so. You'd like to see him get back into form because it seems like the last few and he, and he played he played well enough against Kansas but it really didn't seem like he's had the type of explosive downfield impact that he had throughout non-conference play for Oklahoma and part of that has to do with the fact that they just they're getting a little bit unlucky on those shots down the field they're so close to hitting on some yeah. of those deep throws. And, again, you look at last week, I know it would have been called back for holding, but, man, I mean, that's the first play of the game right there. I mean, it's right in Marvin Mims' breadbasket. And, look, yeah. Marvin Mims is a great player, but drop the ball. And think about if that play, if that is a catch, you don't have the hold, what kind of statement you make right off the bat against that defense. So the Sooners still have to make more plays, and they're, they're, they're going to have to play even better than they did, which was improved uh, to win this football game Saturday. If you can hit a couple big plays against this Baylor team, yeah. I think that's big. And it feels like they've been so close on some of those, you know, um, time and time again. All right, break time right here. When we get back, Jesse Crittenden, Norman Transcript, Sooner reporter, will join us, does a great job, and uh, we'll get his take on Oklahoma Baylor. We'll get back to as many texts as we can. We appreciate all of them rolling in on the Air Comfort Solutions text line 405 
5-1-34-39. Hump Day Wednesday on the ref. We're coming right back. Well, we have found Jesse Crittenden. He is on the uh, Riverwind Casino hotline. And uh, Jesse does a great job for the uh, Norman Transcript Sports Editor covering the Sooners. Feels like a huge game, Jesse, for both these football teams. Oklahoma trying to win out and somehow, you know, if they could do that and go to a bowl game and get to 10-3, and three, it would be, uh, you know, the greatest comeback since Lazarus. And then you look at what Baylor has left. Uh, if they win this Oklahoma game, they still have K-State, TCU, and Texas left on the schedule. So, uh, you know, Dave Aranda and, uh, and the Bears looking for some momentum. They won two games in a row, too. Man, it's, it's hard to get a feel for this football game. What's your early thought on this matchup? Yeah, I think this is, this is sneakily kind of a, a, a big game, um, you know, really for both teams. I think both teams are not having – you know, quite the season um, that they would like. Both sit at, at five and three, and I think are looking for something to kind of, you know, push them into the final, you know, real stretch of the season. And and yeah, I think both. I think the thing that's kind of defined both these teams is a little bit of inconsistency. Um, I think both teams have had games that, uh, you know, they they look they've had really good moments, or you know, one side of the ball looks particularly good, and I think they've had other you know kind of forgettable performances. So. But I, I think they they both kind of have similar pedigrees in terms of how good both sides of the ball are. I think this is going to be uh, really. I think this is going to be a matchup between um, OU's defense, particularly the defensive line, um, and the running game for for Baylor. Richard Reese has been a, a huge a young guy that's really come on uh, for Baylor. He leads the Big Twelve in, in rushing touchdowns with twelve. So. Uh, you know, obviously it was it was a good performance last week for OU's defense against Iowa State, but this is going to be a little bit of a tougher task. And so I think this is, again, going to be, you know, h- how does OU's defense hold up against a little bit more formidable um, of a running attack and an, an offense as a whole uh, over in Baylor? You look at the rest of the slate for Oklahoma on the other side of this matchup with Baylor, Jesse, and the toughest test that they will face thereafter is a home date with Oklahoma State in Bedlam. They go to West Virginia and they go to Texas Tech with that Bedlam date sandwich in between. So if the Sooners are able to get things done on Saturday and you look ahead to their final three games and realize that they get their toughest of those three opponents at Owen Field, how good are you starting to feel about Oklahoma's chances to actually win out and close the regular season at 9-3? and three? Yeah, certainly. I, I think, I mean, football's really a game of momentum, right? I mean, I think that's that's one of the biggest cliches you'll, you'll ever hear, but it, I mean, it's because it's true. And I think this OU team really does have some momentum right now. Um, it, it, you know, so if, if you if you get a, a huge home win this weekend um, against Baylor, I mean, now you're, you've, able, you've been able to, to get three straight wins after three straight tough losses. I mean, obviously, I don't think they're quite as bad as as they showed last weekend in their 48-0 loss to, to Kansas State. But this is Oklahoma State team, uh, particularly defensively, that's not you know quite as formidable, I think, as most people expected. This defense, actually, in a lot of ways, statistically, has been one of the worst uh, in the Big 12. Uh, still a good opponent, but anyways, yeah, if, if you get a win against Baylor. Um, 
I mean, you, yeah, you look at the you look at the remaining schedule, and Oklahoma State's really that big one you're going to circle. Um, so yeah, get a win against Baylor. Look at the rest of the way. I, I think it, I mean, and not that it's going to be easy, and not that West Virginia and Texas Tech are are, are cupcakes by any stretch. But yeah, get a win this weekend. I think you've got to feel uh, pretty decent that you have the momentum enough to to kind of push you through the rest of the way. Jesse Crittenden, our guest, uh, Norman Transcript Sports Editor. Who uh, Who is the MVP of this Oklahoma football team this season? Who would you pick? Uh, I think I think the obvious cop-out answer is is probably Dylan Gabriel. Um, not even just from, you know, he, not that he's been perfect every snap or, or every game he's played, um, but obviously we've seen what the Oklahoma offense looks like with him and looks like without him. So I think he's probably the obvious answer. But actually, I, I looked at or I did a, a midseason award during the bye week, and I actually think you know there's a couple of other answers you could look at. Braden Willis has had a great year um, too, but I actually think Eric Gray sneakily has an argument to. I mean, if nothing else, he's been the most consistent offensive player. Uh, you know, he, he goes for another 100-yard rushing performance against Iowa State. He's had five of those kind of performances this year. Uh, he's seventh in, in yards per carry in the entire nation. I mean, the, the, the season he's had this year compared to last year, I mean, the, the, the improvements are across the board. And I think he's been kind of one guy that maybe even more so than Dylan Gabriel and, and Brayden Willis and, and anybody else on either side of the ball. I think Eric Gray might be – you know, he's kind of been the most consistent, steady guy throughout the season. So Dylan Gabriel might be the, you know, as a whole obvious answer, but I actually think someone like Eric Gray kind of has a kind of has an argument for that too. Jesse, it doesn't seem like anybody's talking about the offensive line. Doesn't really seem like anybody's coming after Bill Biedenboe. And when that's the case, it's generally also the case that the offensive line play has been pretty dang solid in Norman America. Is that you feel like that's gone understated over the course of conference play? Yeah, definitely. And I think, and that's a that's a good point. I think the I think offensive line performance I think is one of those things that I think it's I think sometimes it's easier to point out when it's bad than when it's good. Um, and I think it's easier to tell when when I mean I think it's easier to see when it's bad compared to when it's good too. But yeah, I think I think the offensive line. If you look at all of the position groups, is I think that's a that's a group that you can see uh, tangible, gradual improvement from the beginning of the season till now. And even as tough as some of those losses were, you know, during that three game stretch, and you know, even as much as sometimes neither side of the ball has looked as you know as great as as people would hope. The running game for OU has actually been pretty steady the entire year, even through those losses, even even in that Texas game. I mean, there's a couple of possessions where the OU running game is getting whatever it wants, getting chunk plays, and I think that's largely due to the performance of the offensive line. So, I mean, I think the running game has been has been big because, in large part, because of the offensive line. But I also think Dylan Gabriel, they've they've done a good job of of keeping Dylan Gabriel mostly clean. Um, you know, through the last three or four games, especially. So, yeah, I think I think the offensive line had a lot of you know had some questions coming into the year, but I think for the most part, as things stand right now, you've got to feel pretty good about where that unit's at. Jesse, always appreciate your time. We will talk to you next week. Thank you. 
Appreciate you guys having me on. Jesse Crittenden, Norman Transcript Sports Editor, joining us. Hey, there's a reason, ladies and gentlemen, year after year after year after year that Riverwind Casino is voted as the number one casino experience in the Oklahoma City metro area because they're simply the best. Over 2,800 electronic games. They've got a bunch of new ones out there right now. And, again, they're going through some renovations, but you can go to the Skybridge Gaming Area. Uh, the River Lounge Gaming Area, or the Showplace Theater, which is a non-smoking gaming area right now, and find your favorite machine if you don't find it on the main floor. Great promotion right now, the Electric Earnings promotion, where you can win a set of wireless JBL earbuds right now. Play with your wild card from now through November 26, and patrons who earn 500 points on their Riverwind wild cards are going to win a pair and get a pair of JBL wireless earbuds that is big time we also have this big time concert bedlam beats and bites now set for friday night november 18th featuring the eli young band and wade bowen tickets are only five bucks it's a great bargain you can get your tickets now at riverwind.com or at the box office philip 66 also sponsoring this big time event bedlam beats and bites Uh, bring the kids out there bring your folding chairs bring your appetite tremendous uh, food trucks out there a great variety of local food trucks are going to be out there so riverwind casino is always doing it better than everybody else in terms of service promotions everything these great concerts and again we get a special Battle and Beats and Bites under a November Friday night sky with some great music uh, the evening before Bedlam. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. All right, break time. We'll get to as many texts as we can when we get back here on the ref. What is this, the A&M theme song? Or the Riverwind theme song. Yes. Your pick. That's right. You can win money, money. There's no doubt. Coming right back here to close it out on the ref. The word is spreading, and the Ref Army is growing. Keep telling your friends and family that there's only one station for true Sooner fans, and that's the Ref Radio Sports Network, and worldwide on the KREF app. GMC continues its commitment to professional-grade engineering in the GMC Truck Series, like offering the world's first available six-function multi-pro tailgate on Sierra. This tailgate takes innovation to the next level with six distinct functions that let you load, unload, and access the cargo box quicker and easier. The list goes on, but it's more than just innovative engineering. It's knowing GMC is committed to professional-grade excellence on every level. See your Oklahoma GMC dealers. Wake up with Toby Rowland. Not much to talk about, but we'll figure out a way to cobble our way through three hours. And T.J. Perry. What a bomb. What a complete bomb. The T-Row in the morning show. It's what a sports show sounds like when people remember to have fun. You know I'm not a Halloween guy. I think it all stems back when I was in the church youth group in Mustang growing up. And they had a hay bale maze. And I did not know at this point in my life that I am a claustrophobic individual. (laughs) (laughs) This was the night that I found that out. I was praying. I was in there. I was praying. God, get me out of this. You act like you were trapped for hours. It was probably like 30 seconds. No, it was at least 15 minutes. (laughs) T-Row and TJ, weekdays from 6 to 9 a.m. on the home of Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Reliable, fast, affordable. OEC Fiber was founded on the same principles that brought us OEC 85 years ago. 
We are reinvesting in Oklahoma by bringing high-speed fiber services to your homes, businesses, and schools. Make sure to visit us today at OECFiber.com to get started. OEC Fiber. We're taking internet, phone, and TV services where no one else will. We are back. Final segment before we get locked in uh, with uh, Parker and Tyler McComas. Top of the hour here on The Ref. Is this a song uh, for those uh, DJ Hicks fans out there with DJ Hicks now coming to Norman for Bedlam that they can still dream on about a DJ Hicks flip? They can can keep dreaming. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, their dreams may be realized in the end. We shall see. Well, you have said the way to find out because we had all – and Brandon Drum said this last Friday, Oklahoma and and the Hicks family, they're still having conversations. And you said the way to – know whether or not Oklahoma is legitimately still in the running for David Hicks is whether or not he visits OU that Bedlam weekend. And we now know that's going to be the case. So it appears that the door is cracked open at least a little bit, right, for that to be a possibility. The maybe, door is cracked. Maybe even the, more than a little bit. It's it's Todd not wide Bates, open, but it's, it's, it's a jar. Todd Bates has his foot in the door, as it were. There you go. Okay, uh, 405-651-3439, Air Conference Solutions Tax Line. I'm getting increasingly worried that Marvin Mims will end up getting Wally Pipped somehow. <laughs> what? But there's only one first base, though. There's. It's not like there's only one wide re- receiver position, 918. Yeah, He's talking about listen. Jalil Farouk, uh, and that was the Lou Gehrig, right? Marvin Mims. He ain't getting Wally Pipped. No, he's That's like it. I said. If if the Yankees had three first basemen, Wally Pipped still would have been playing too. But they only have one first base mm-hmm. situation. But I, one Jalil bad for, game does not erase all of what Marvin Mims has done over his three seasons in an, in a Sooner uniform. He's still the most dangerous skill position weapon yeah. Oklahoma has. Although the stock is going way up, man, on uh, Jalil Farouk. Yeah, it is. And it started. You know, it was a good looking stock in the. Uh, in the Alamo Bowl last year, and it's only uh, it's only uh, getting better. It looks like. Okay, what was that song? The one going into break was "Money Money." That was the Billy Idol version. There was the original version was done in the uh, in the uh, '60s by Tommy James and the Shondells. So it was a remake Billy Idol song. That would have been the Billy Idol version was what like back 1984 somewhere 85 something like that. That was the name of the song. Okay, 405-651-3439. Shane in Newcastle wants to know if Jackson Arnold will be in Norman this weekend. Yes, he will. He will be there. And uh, if Colton Vosick makes it up, you can bet good money that Jackson Arnold is going to be in his ear a lot. Uh, this listener says, I've never seen Javante Barnes spelled this. I've never seen his name spelled this way. Mm-hmm. As it is in this text, Giovante with a G. Sounds like Giovante Barnes with the Sopranos rather than Giovante Barnes. Uh, Parker, do you think Giovante Barnes won't play this weekend? You think they'll give Sawchuck some time? Yeah, I I wouldn't count on it. I think I think I, I Sawchuck's probably just going to end up redshirting at this point. You would think so, right? Towie Walker's seen some real good run. Uh, on special teams more so than anything else, but he's played quite a bit. Um, Marcus Major has – 
He started hot. I'll give him that. He was really ineffective yeah, this past th- Saturday. Th- there were people saying early in the year, Marcus Major's clearly the number one back, you no. know, a couple couple weeks into the season. But Eric Gray, man, he has had a tremendous year. Yeah. Mar- Marcus Major had 12 carries for 29 yards against Iowa State. That's just not going to cut it. Yeah, he's been a little bit banged up, but uh, Eric Gray, you know, what? what's changed for Eric Gray again, the ability to make that one guy miss, whether it's the spin move or the stutter step or whatever, uh, that's what, to me, is so much more impressive about Eric Gray because on a lot of those plays, if the O-line's doing the job, you've got to beat somebody one-on-one, and more often than not, he's been doing that. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with confidence, too. Yeah. He's, yep. You can tell as of late he's running with a ton more confidence. And it's easier to be confident when there's no question that you're the bell cow in the back. Eric Gray, right? a COVID year? Yeah, he, so he could come back, but he he's not coming back. He's going to be gone after 2022. Because of the uh, you know the expiration date for running backs is like... Yeah, that definitely has something to do with it, as well as the fact that he's he can go get drafted. Yeah. And drafted pretty high. The now. less tread you have on your tires as a running back is a good thing. And unless you're Earl Campbell or Billy, you know, Adrian Peterson and you're just a super freak. Let's see what else we got on the text line. Kylan Brokenbow says, for crying out loud, the thunder <laughs> of one four straight talk basketball already. Hey, we talked 90 seconds about the thunder. A great game for SGA. Four in a row. Josh Giddy was back, had 10 assists, didn't shoot it well. Uh, Lou Dort played well. Poku had 16 off the bench and uh, is showing improvement. They held uh, Paulo Bancaro to his lowest output of the season, 15 points. Do you think Mims declares this year? Interesting I, question. It's it's borderline because I think he's good enough to. It depends on but, what grade he gets from the NFL people, right? And it also depends on what he does this month. Yeah. Because October was not a super productive month for Marvin Mims. September was, sure. But things kind of came crashing back down to earth in October. And so, look, I think Marvin Mims is talented enough that were he to declare for the NFL draft, he would go and test and do pro day and do the combine and all that, and he would shoot up draft boards. But I think there's also going to be a healthy conversation had between him and the Oklahoma staff where they lay out to him, look, yeah, you can go get drafted, and you can get drafted reasonably high if you leave, but – Come back for another year, be the unquestioned wide receiver one, put up a thousand yard year, we'll get you the ball and we'll get it to you often. And by this time next year, you may be in the conversation as a first round draft pick. Yeah, could be. And that's a little bit of a gamble for him to do that. But like you said, it a lot depends on how he plays down in this final stretch of games. Uh, at least four for Oklahoma, and hopefully a fifth if the Sooners get to a bowl game. They only need one more win to get bowl eligible, so you think that's going to happen, no doubt. All right. Um, Please don't talk more basketball. Says you knew that was team. coming. You know that you knew that was coming. Hey, basketball season's getting close, though. Yes, Porter the Moser Sooners, and the boys had an yeah, exhibition. It's going to be when, interesting. When do you know when the uh, the official season opener is? Isn't it like November eighth or something like that? I'll see if I can go ahead and Google it up. Joe and Tulsa, if you guys haven't addressed this possibility, can you? You mentioned Cecilia Kana as an edge, but I heard Teddy last week mention him at backer possibly. Where do you guys see him playing? That's a great question. And I think what you like about Cecilia Kana is he's not a guy that you have to pigeonhole at a single position. He's big enough, he's athletic enough, he's fast enough that he could play a multiplicity of positions on the defensive side of the ball once he gets to Norman. He's, I don't think he's going to be a hand-in-the-dirt guy. 
I think if he's an edge, he's a stand-up edge along the lines of a Nick Benito. But he's definitely more of a linebacker than he is a defensive lineman. All right, we got to get out of here. Some news in basketball. Kansas has suspended Bill Self and four assistant coaches or an assistant coach for four games as part of the 2017 corruption case. So a little self-policing there, pardon the pun, but that is some news concerning Kansas basketball. All right, we are out of time. We... We definitely want to thank our friends at the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley and, of course, the folks out at Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Locked in is on the way with Parker and Tyler McComas. Have a great Wednesday.